is The Hill. Talking Rugby League with Sam Perry and Tim Sparks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Hill. I'm your host, Tim Sparks, and I tell you what, I've got a show and a half for you tonight. A show and a half. Uh, heaps, heaps on, really. A lot on. Uh, I'm going to go through round 12 that's just happened. All right, we'll run the rule over that. Uh, I've got a bit of a text message from Pezza, my co-host, who's, who's absent at the moment, gets in touch, which is great, so we enjoy that. Uh, we've got a Who Would You Rather Be, which is good. Uh, go through my top four favorite non-Tigers sides, which I'm sure you're, you're hanging to hear. Uh, I really, I think it's a really constructive Tiger corner this week, uh, where I try to be quite measured uh, in my approach to the Tigers, so we've got that to look forward to. I'm going to count down my ta- favorite top 10 uh, rugby league first names, uh, which is from, you know, by, by popular demand, I'm doing that. Uh, we go through the nicknames for positions in rugby league, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. Uh, we've got heaps of feedback this time, which is great. So heaps of input from the listeners, you guys, which is what the show's all about. You know, I, I say, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. It's what it's all about. So I'm really excited uh, to get stuck into all that. We've got some issues, you know, some COVID breaches, uh, some coaching merry-go-round stuff. Uh, a bit of stuff around the programs and Paul Kent on 360 to talk about. Uh, a whole host of stuff. So, look, without further ado, I'm going to get straight into it if I can open my phone up. Passcode. All right. Uh, so, yeah, look, I'm going to get... Bloody hell, where is it? Not a great start here. Uh, message from Pezza. All right. I just I asked Pezza for a, if he wanted to send a message to you guys, the listeners... Uh, if you wanted to send a message to me, uh, he came back with about three or four paragraphs here, so it's quite a long one. But I'm, um, you know, I asked for his uh, for his input, so here it goes. Uh, Hi Tim, while I'd love to be going five, six, seven rounds with you, a gaslighting you and or geeing you up, depending on what era you live in, I'm very much enjoying and endorsing the Sparks Show. My favourite things so far are. In no order. The terrible predictions. You being literally bottom of the tipping comp. The ceaseless self-pity. You liking manly because you don't mind daily. The honesty about mistakes quickly followed by a reflexive excuse for said mistake. Defaming me when I can't defend myself and so on. Well, this was your opportunity, Pezza. Each week is a joy to listen to. Also, mate, the Tigers have the, the worst squad in the competition and have had since they managed to lose to Desco and Moses. Go well, I'm backing you wholeheartedly. Cheers, Pezza. Well, Pezza, good to hear from you, and I'm sure all the, the listeners are glad to hear from you too. I don't want to address all that sort of stuff, other than that, yeah, I did accuse you of gaslighting me uh, during the week, uh, which is essentially a form of, I guess, emotional abuse, uh, where, yeah, where one person, I think, yeah, yeah, it sort of treats you in a way that, that makes you think you're crazy. Uh, I, I do believe you gaslight me around uh, rugby league stuff, Pezza, particularly the Tigers, so I'm going to stand by that. I'd be interested in the listeners' opinions on that. Uh, not to make light of any of any, any stuff like that, but I think that is what happens here. Uh, thanks for the endorsement, I guess. That's great. So cheers for that, Pezza. Uh, yeah, you've obviously decided to stick with the, the predictions that, that were wrong, which was the Brisbane stuff, uh, yet you, you stay away from the predictions that I've got right, which is, you know, Parramatta going pretty well and, 
and Newcastle sliding on down the ladder. Uh, but that's all right. I'm sort of used to that. Um, I miss you on, on the show, though, Pezza. All right, so thanks for the text. And, yeah, look, hopefully after this six-week uh, lockdown and, st- and state of disaster, uh, we might be able to get back to doing this in person at some point later down the track. As I said to the listeners a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're not targeting the regular season uh, for a Sparks and Pezza Hill program. Uh, Maybe not even the semis, but if we can make the grand final, you never know uh, what might be able to happen. So yeah, good on you, Pezza. Thanks for getting in touch. Uh, Appreciate, appreciate those words. Speaking of getting in touch, got to give a little shout out. Uh, to a young bloke, Cormac, uh, doing it a bit tough at the moment. Uh, his mate, Liam, sent this in to me uh, today and just said, G'day, Sparks, can you give my little mate, Cormac, a shout-out to- on tonight's pod? Well, here it is. He's a Dragons fan, so naturally he's going through the yearly stages of grief. Brackets, he's yet to pass denial. Well, Cormac, sorry to hear you doing a bit tough there, mate, but uh, stick by your team, uh, the Dragons. And uh, hopefully there's, uh, you know, bigger and better things ahead for the season. You never know mathematically, a couple of wins outside the eight, uh, and you never know what could happen. And I guess, you know, a bit of good and bad news for you at the moment, and I guess I'd assume the good news is they're trying to shop Corey Norman around. Uh, And some bad news in there with, uh, yeah, Paul Vaughan having a feed at a cafe using a a fake name. So I guess a bit of a mixed bag uh, for you today which is also game day uh, for you, Cormac. So you never know. You might be listening to this tomorrow, uh, you know, with the Dragons uh, getting over the Chooks. Chooks pretty um, pretty hit with injury at the moment, so you never know. Dragons have actually been looking okay. But uh, all the best out there, mate, and I, I know what it's like to support a struggling team. So uh, keep your chin up. And thanks, Liam, for getting in touch and really embracing the spirit of those shout-outs. So please... If you'd like me to uh, give you a shout on the show, as you just saw, I'm more than happy to. I'm really happy to, actually. Like, that's what I'm here for, uh, is, is to do that kind of stuff. So particularly if, you know, you're doing it a bit tough out there, uh, let me know. All right, well, we're going to jump straight. No, we're not. We're going to go through round 12. All right, round 12. Uh, pretty good round of footy, I thought, uh, last week. Started off with... Uh, Souths beating uh, the Dragons, 32-24 uh, there, which was, you know, speaking of the Dragons, 16-0 up. And I thought they were, um, yeah, I thought they were a good chance to get the two points there. Rabbitohs, I guess they're just, they're just doing enough to win, aren't they? You know, I still sort of think, I still think they lack something, particularly up front, is my opinion, uh, on the Rabbits. But hey, you know, they're... Um, they're doing what they can to stay in, t- in touch with the eight, so so good on them. Dragons are looking better each week, I think. Uh, sounds like Shane Flanagan's taking a bit more control over that side, which is good. And good on Mary McGregor for letting him do that, if that's that's sort of been the case. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're starting to look pretty good. Dufty at fullback, just playing better and better each week. Uh, and yeah... Sadly, they'll miss Paul Vaughan after tonight. Uh, look, we're into the Friday games from last week. Yeah, the Warriors uh, beat the Tigers. I'll address that in, in Tiger Corner a little bit later, but good on the Warriors for getting a win there. I'm happy to see Todd Payton 
uh, get a win for his side there. Uh, the Broncos <laughs> lost to the Sharks. What, they were up by eight with nine minutes to go or something like that, and the poor bastards managed to lose. I mean, I think that actually does more damage uh, than, like, a really big loss. You know, sometimes with when they were getting beaten, you know, 50 to nil or whatever it was, or sides putting 40 on them, I think you can sort of sometimes just wipe it and go, okay, yep, that was terrible. We know we were terrible. Let's just go into next week. They're actually in a winning position. Like, Darius Boyd looked really good at fullback. He looked really happy to be back at fullback and sort of some rare emotion from Darius, which was good to see. Uh, you know, putting on some tries out wide. And, yeah, they obviously looked like they were going to get it done uh, only to get run over by a shark side that I think uh, had about nine guys that played for the Newtown Jets uh, last year in that grand final. So... Uh, about like Brizzy, I guess. The Roosters Gold Coast, I thought that was a pretty good game. I'm really enjoying that Saturday 3 o'clock slot. Uh, Roosters just a little bit too good. And Gold Coast just, yeah, looking like a very well-coached side. They're starting to look a bit like Canterbury were under Dean Pay, you know. Probably that sort of, you know, not quite a full-strength first-grade side yet, but very well-coached. And it's probably a, a bigger and better things to come for the Gold Coast. Uh, Raiders beat the Cowboys by two up there. They keep rolling on. Oh, that's what I was going to say about that. Gee, does, isn't Bateman a good player? Like, I know that's not a, a scoop, but he was out for, what, the first 11 rounds of the season. And I just I just momentarily, I guess, must have forgotten. Like, it was just good to watch him again. And, you know, I know he's sort of... Oh, I feel he stitched the Raiders up a little bit with his contract stuff. Other people might think differently, but... Just as, as, as far as just skill and and just being a footballer, a good footballer, uh, gee, he's one of those. So it was good to watch him. I look forward to, to watching him more. Panthers look extremely good. Uh, Nathan Cleary looks better like every game he plays. Like it's... Um, to think he's only 21 and he's playing that well and he seems to keep getting better and better, um, yeah, shows what, what sort of a player he might be, you know even further down the track, but they're, they're up there for the premiership. Uh, the dogs, I thought they were really good against Parramatta. Really impressed with, um, uh, with their efforts to almost come back from, I think it was eight and nil down. Uh, I guess the Eels are in that fortunate position where they could say, yeah, we played terribly and, you know, really unimpressed with what we did, but they still got the two points. And at the end of the day, that's what good teams do. Uh, Storm beat the Knights 26-16 in front of a non-socially distanced crowd up there in the Sunshine Coast. Uh, not my. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm not going to go into the the COVID stuff. But yeah, it did, it did, it did look weird that there was like a jam-packed um, hill. But I know they've looked at that, and I know there's different things up there in Queensland. Uh, Newcastle were brave, I guess, but Melbourne. Yeah, they'll. They're still the premiership favourites in my eyes. I'm thinking Melbourne and Penrith at the moment, which again isn't a, isn't a massive scoop because they're one and two. But I kind of feel like they're actually starting to push away. I know not on the ladder they're not, uh, but yeah, I just think they're starting to look like uh, the two the two real real good teams. Uh, the competition. So yeah, look, that was round twelve. Uh, yeah, top, top five's probably sorted, you'd imagine. Penrith, Melbourne, Para, Roosters, Canberra, uh, you'd imagine are all there. 
in some way, shape or form. And then you got what? Cronulla Souths, Manly, Tigers, Saints and the Warriors, I guess, battling it out for those bottom bottom three positions uh, in the eight there. So, but really, I mean, if, if, if Saints, the Warriors and the Tigers don't win this week, you can probably almost uh, rule them out as well. But as we know, every year, you know, this sort of happens. You get to a sort of point in the competition where there's about eight or nine games left and you think someone's, you know, signed, sealed, delivered. In, and something happens to one of those teams, whether it be an injury, whether it be some form, uh, something happens, you know, to, to, to mix things to mix things up. And at the end of the day, if to any of those sides at, at that sort of nine to th- 12 mark you win three games in a row <laughs> you, you probably end up becoming sixth you know but then obviously you've got to keep winning so uh that's the wrap uh real yeah good good round of footy really enjoyed watching it um and we look forward to next week uh, i might do a bit of a preview for next week later on in the show but i'm going to get into who would you rather be Ladies and gentlemen, I'd usually be sitting here, as you know, with my co-host Pezza, and we'd, we'd come up with two two former players, usually, sometimes current, but usually former players, either with the first name the same or the last name the same, and just have a bit of chat, a bit of a yarn, a bit of chat about their careers and say who we'd rather be. Uh, today, Jack William has got in touch with me, and I really appreciate it, and uh, I, I, like the, I like what he's done here. He said, who would you rather be, Rod Wishart or Brett Rodwell? I like that. I'm going to make an exception because uh, it's creative. You know, it's creative and it's, um, yeah, innovative. That's the word I'm looking for. I like it. The Rod and the Rodwell. So so thanks for the thanks for that one, uh, Jack. And, I, you know, because i got no Pezza, I'm going to have to ask you guys, who would you rather be? Would you rather be Rod Wishart on the wing for some 200-plus games? Uh, for the Illawarra Steelers and then St. George Illawarra. Uh, playing the 99 Grand Final for St. George Illawarra. First year of the Merge Club. Uh, I think he's got over 20-odd Origin games, multiple test matches, and just, you know, one of the absolute great players. You know, real, 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 real good players. Uh... And don't get uh, Rod Wishart mixed up for Ross Wishart, who I've just accidentally uh, stumbled upon um, in his LinkedIn profile or something. I won't bore you with Ross, um, but you know he's got a good career of his own uh, in a different in a different um, field. Anyway, uh, yeah, look, 17 test matches for Rod. I just wanted to be um, respectful enough to to get that right. And 22 games for New South Wales. You know, we're talking. Boot polished under the eyes. We're talking goal kicking. Uh, we're talking a seriously strong runner of the ball too. Scored many a try. Uh, a really good player. But on the other hand, you got Brett Rodwell. Probably not as decorated a uh, career. But nonetheless, you know, a, a, a good, good amount of games for uh, the Illawarra Steelers. Rocked out that really... Uh, good 90s headgear uh, with sort of, you know, the black with the gaps in it. I don't know. It wasn't Reliance. It might have been Reliance. Uh, anyway, definitely, definitely headgeared up. 156 game for the Steelers. Then he gets to finish his career with the Bunnies. 46 games. Plays in that last game 
uh, of the bunnies before they had to, before they got you know unfairly kicked out of the comp. Uh, three games for New South Wales country and a game for New South Wales. So I guess you know you're saying would you rather be the sort of pin up? Not that Wishart was you know the real pin up boy, but would you you'd rather have that bit more decorated career or just a little bit more uh, you know? Uh, less in the limelight for Brett. I just can't go past Wishart, you know. Or if you throw up any any number of rods, whether it be Rod Silver or uh, even Rod Reddy, I'd still go with Rod Rod Wishart. I reckon a really really good player. Uh, before credit to Brett Rodwell too. Thanks for getting in touch. You've always the lines are always open. If you want me to get a who would you rather be out? Get in touch. Be creative. Show some initiative. Uh, we like, you know, same first name, same last name. But as you've seen, you can get creative with it and um, and you can still get, you know, onto the show. Uh, so cheers, Jack. Uh, just going to keep moving through because as I said, so much to get through today. Uh, okay, I'm going to finish off my, my favourite four sides uh, of the competition. You've been listening the last few weeks. Someone asked me to do this. I think you might have regretted it. Uh, after some sort of further feedback, uh, I've had. I'm not going to go through all the sides that that I've counted through uh, from 16 uh, to five. I've had a lot of uh, feedback on this, and it's actually been uh, rather negative. I've noticed, you know, people um, people blowing up that you know I put the Bulldogs as my seventh favourite side. Uh, people blowing up about Manly being so high. Uh, people calling me a revisionist. No, not, not a revisionist, a recency bias. Uh, all sorts of things. And it's gotten a bit nasty, i got to say. Like, just a, not, just a little bit. I, don't, I, I love the interaction with the fans and the listeners. And this isn't all listeners, all right? So I'm not going to tie you all with the same brush. But there's a couple of people out there I think might have just taken this a little bit too seriously. It's got a little bit nasty around some stuff. So, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the top four. And, you know, look, we might disagree on this. It's, this is my favourite. I'm not saying it's got to be your favourite. You know, so uh, have a listen. Let me know what you think. And, we'll, you know, we'll try and keep it civil if we can. Uh, but here are my top four sides. Four. Canberra. Canberra Raiders. Uh, I, I just love what they're about these days. Uh, you know... Going back to, 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 you know, the glory years, I guess, of when we all... Well, their glory years, and also my formative years, is, is how I should have put it, uh, in the 90s there, when they were winning all those comps. Like, really fond memories of them doing so well. Funnily enough, probably didn't like them that much at the time. Essentially, of course, they won, and they beat the Tigers in 89. They beat the Tigers in 89. They also cheated the salary cap. Now, I promise you, I'm not bitter about that. No, I, I'm actually genuine about that. I'm not bitter... Uh, but it is a you know it is a historical fact that sometimes people forget it doesn't get talked about as much as other things you know had Canberra been playing by the rules under the salary cap in '89 do they win do they get us to, to extra time you know uh, that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying with that but anyway that doesn't matter uh, great side growing up and I've just really liked what they've developed into particularly under Stick in the last few years. Uh, a local team, a country team, you know, they have a recruitment strategy where they pick country kids uh, and they pick Englishmen. Uh, they play a really good style of footy. 
I, I love the fact that Ricky Stewart is coaching them. I love that a former Raider and such a high-quality Raider uh, is coaching them, supported very ably by uh, Andrew McFadden um, as assistant coach, another Raider. I just They're just great. You know, It was really sad that they couldn't win the comp last year, but maybe they might be able to do it this year. Uh, their fans are awesome. I love their fans. Uh... You know, and their stadium's pretty good too. Although I got to say, like the two probably coldest times of my life I've ever felt, you know, as cold as I did was at Bruce Stadium. But that's okay because uh, I was there watching the footy and I really enjoyed it. So Canberra, good on them. I like it. Good on your Raiders. Uh, three, I put the Saints. I put some George Illawarra for a couple of different reasons. One, because you know they merged. You know, St. George and Illawarra Steelers they merged to keep the, the competition alive, just like my side did. You know, and you got to you got to give them credit for doing that. And we, you know, our my side, the West Tigers, don't get enough credit for that. Uh, but a lot of other clubs survived on the back of us merging and doing the right thing for rugby league. So don't ever forget that. Um, Especially around Saints, you know. Uh, the Red V is just such a iconic and historic uh, icon, I guess, um, in the game, which I really like. I've always liked Saints players, I think, growing up, because they had so many grand finals in the 90s, and it was usually... You'd have to, because you'd have to pick the team who you went for on the day. And I think Saints always managed to play. Like, they played Brisbane a couple of times... Uh, they played Manly once, I think. They played Melbourne. Like, they'd never played another team that I kind of liked, so I always went for St. George on grand final day. Like, uh, we used to have grand final parties when I was a kid, like, that my dad and mum would host. And I remember one year, like, I, I got all these, like, I had all the rugby league posters from the year because I used to get a subscription uh, to Big League, uh, Big League magazine. I think, in fact, talking to my parents after, it was the only way they could get me to, to read was actually read the Big League magazines. And, uh, yeah, so if, if it not for Big League, I was in danger of being illiterate. But anyway, I, uh, I sort of kept all the posters and stuff, and I put all these St. George posters up behind the television. Uh, oh, I can't remember. That was probably in the 92 grand final. Because uh, in the 93 grand final, it's down the coast. But anyway, uh, you know, fond memories of, of those sort of players. Ricky Walford, uh, Nathan Brown, even Gordon Tallis when he was there. Uh, I get, they just always seem like a... This is the Dragons too. And then obviously I, I liked the Steelers as well. We just did a, a bit of a who would you rather be around the Steelers. but uh, And I've got a connection to family down the south coast, I guess. So... Saints, yeah, as much as I loved, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved beating you blokes in 2005 in that preliminary final. Like, that was amazing. Uh, And we definitely gave it to you, Uh, which was funny. Uh, You would have done the same thing to us. And you did the same thing to us uh, a few years later uh, when you went on to win the comp in, what was that, 2010. But yeah. Good on the, the St. George of the Warrior Dragons. Uh, two is Newcastle. Alright, so that probably doesn't surprise you. always had a soft spot for the Knights. Uh, probably even before, like, 97 and the Johns Brothers. Like, 97, like a lot of people, was probably when you really embraced the Knights. But even before that, you know, again, it was a it's a heartland area uh, where rugby league is the sport. Uh, it was always full of local players, uh, you know working class club 
really really good colors too i like the blue and red work together uh as a kid like i always had the the lego knights um that was something that i always really liked playing with as a kid like my mum didn't let me play with guns but like swords and bows and arrows and shit like that it was okay uh so maybe there was a bit of bit of something there um you know connection to the knights there perhaps uh in my formative years but yeah oh, look i really like them i loved what nathan brown did did with them uh in the rebuild as well um and yeah look i know i've said they've sort of sliding down a little bit this year so i don't i don't want that to happen like i not, no one would be happier than me to see the knights up there in the top four uh, so i'll always cheer them and they're, they're generally my my second team these days uh, so really enjoy enjoy the nights. Now, obviously, you all know I love the Tigers, so I'm going to say that my my other favourite team, uh, and this is a shout out, you know, to to my co-host, but it's also the truth, uh, is that growing up, the North Sydney Bears were actually my second team. Uh, again, growing up in the '90s, uh, the Tigers didn't make the finals very often, so you sort of had to pick a team. Uh, to go for in the finals once the Tigers weren't there. So we picked up the Bears, you know. Uh, you know, the Bears, after the Tigers, I lived in, like, Gladesville and Ryde and that kind of way, where the Tigers, it was the local team. But the next local team over would be the North Sydney Bears. So they were pretty close uh, in geography. Um, you know, they're a great team to watch. Uh, again, a bit of an underdog team. Uh, and I also played... Um, footy for a few years for Lane Cove in the North Sydney competition so I was lucky enough to, to, to run out at halftime uh, one year and and play in the halftime which was pretty cool so they're still around the Bears you know albeit in the New South Wales Cup and you never know they could get back uh, into the NRL in some way shape or form so there you have it Canberra Saints Newcastle North Sydney Bears. Obviously, top of the trees, the West Tigers, but you all know that. So there it is. As I said, you know, I've got a fair bit of feedback on that. Don't take it too seriously. You know, it was just something you asked me to do, um, or a listener asked me to do, and I've, I've, I've gone and done it for you. So, look, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, okay, look, we're going to push into Tiger Corner a bit earlier than usual. Because I've got a few things to say. All right. Um, Tiger Corners, if you're new to the cast, is just where I sort of, you know, just dedicate sort of anywhere between three and 13 minutes uh, to talk all things West Tigers, depending on how they're going, I guess. Um, So, from the top, I'm going to say something that no one out of the West Tigers um, said publicly or on record over last week. And the first thing I'm going to say is full credit to the Warriors. Well done. The better team won. Congratulations. Uh, Good game. Good game of footy. Well done. Um, Hope you enjoyed your win. I would have liked to see someone out of the Tigers uh, say that. That that doesn't go astray. So full credit to them. Uh, They're not a bad football side. I thought Peter Hiku had a really good game. Um... As did uh, young Hetherington, uh, who was playing at Jack, Jack Hetherington, uh, who had a good game as well. So good on them. 
However, uh, the Tigers really should have won that game. And had they had one thing in their side that they really haven't had uh, since about 2006, uh, we would have won if we had this element or had this part of our side uh, sewn up, and that is a goal kicker. I mean, for goodness sake, how long does our club have to go through not having a goal kicker? It is killing us. It is killing the club. We see it so many years losing on our goal kicking. Last year, Paul Momorowski... He shouldn't have been kicking anyway. Had that kick when it was like 16-14 or something to the Bulldogs uh, and he missed the goal. Maybe it was 16-all and he was kicking to win the game. He kicks that goal. It wasn't even from the sideline. It was a gettable kick and he's missed it. Uh, And, you know, we missed the eight by half a win, as we usually do. And the same thing last week, you know. Two tries early on, you know, in, in, you know, real range. One was, like, adjacent to the post, really. Uh, and we didn't miss... And we missed both of them. You know, you can't go you can't go up 8-0 and not expect it to be 8-4 or 8-6 in a matter of 10 minutes. It just always happens. If you're going to score two tries early, one of them has to be converted. Otherwise, the other team just gets a lift out of it. They think, oh, boys, hey, they've just scored two tries. They've had all the ball. Um... And they're only up 8-0. One try and we're back in this. That's what the Warriors did. It happens like... You can set your watch to that, by the way. Uh, Really look out for it. Uh, It just happens so often. So... And we we use two goal kickers in the first two kicks. It just kills us. It absolutely kills us. Uh, I don't know if this is right or not, but West Life Podcast... West Tigers Life Podcast... I put this up on Twitter saying... Uh, just doing some stats research for the show tonight. Uh, interesting observation ranks for West Tigers. Tries per game, third. Tries conceded per game, eighth. Goal kicking, 16th. Like, it, it's killing us. It's And I, I honestly believe if we kick those first two goals, uh, it's a different game. Because we go 12-0 and, you know, the Warriors, they don't have that uh, surge of energy or that psychological um, pick-me-up by going, it's only 8-0. Uh, and we just keep pushing forward and probably win quite convincingly. Like, it just, it kills me that we're about the only club in the competition that don't value goal kicking. And we haven't for so many years. I've got a simple fix for that too, by the way, if you'd like to know. Uh, but I'll save that just for, for one minute, okay? Um... No, actually, I'll just tell you. We need to sign Aiden Caesar. All right, we need someone to replace Benji Marshall and Josh Reynolds in the halves. Uh, Aiden Caesar's the guy. Someone, you know, that can organise, kick well, let Luke Brooks just have a bit of a running game, uh, kick to the corners, odd 40-20, organise the forwards, game management, and kick goals. Aiden Caesar. It's It's got to be. I'm, I really hope that's what they're looking to do. All right, Tigers are a development club and we, we want to bring through juniors and we're doing that, which is great. Uh, we need to continue doing that. So if we've got someone, Jock Madden or someone else in the in the lower grades, then great, let's bring him in if he can kick. But gee, I'd be having a good look at Aiden Caesar. A real good look at it. Uh, but I, but yeah, just from a personal point of view, it was a, that was a real difficult... Uh, Lost to cop like really hard, so much so that I've I've almost had to rethink everything as to how I support this club. 
because uh, it's it's just starting to get too difficult, you know. And this is what happens when your side finishes ninth four out of the last five times or whatever it is. Like they keep you interested for so long, and they try and convince you that they're a top eight side or they're that close to a top eight side, only to let you down all the time. So you get excited. You go, oh yeah, we're playing the Warriors. We should beat these guys. You know, we're, we're coming eighth or, you know, we're in the mix for the eighth. You know, we, we should be beating this team. And they just let you down like clockwork. Like, it would be easier. It would be so much easier if we just, you know, got pumped week in, week out. You know, like a little bit like, you know, the Bulldogs or, or something like that where you just know you don't have the side. Uh, you're most likely going to lose. So when you win, you're really happy. You know, it's not a relief when you win, but you're really happy. You celebrate your wins and you can just be happy with those, you know, know that you'll get, you know, five or six really good wins. You know, you'll knock off a, a, a side. And then when, when it's a close loss, you can just be really proud of your team. But what happens here is you just, you just get deflated. So I think from, from here on in, I'm just going to convince myself and, and talk to myself about the fact that, yeah, the Tigers, they don't have a, 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 full, uh, a first grade side either. As a lot of people talk, talk about Canterbury, they say, well, they're not even a first grade side, so give them a break, you know. I think that's the way to look at the Tigers. They're not a first grade side, particularly now Harry Grant's injured, you know. Just stop thinking we're a first grade side. Very depleted on troops, you know. An old coach just killed our salary cap, killed our squad, but we're regenerating, we're bringing some young blokes through, uh, and we're going to play above our weight each week, you know, and we're overachieving, and, you know, it's just fantastic that, you know, we're, we're even in and around the eight somewhere, because Madge has got them really overachieving, uh, and that's just how I'm going to have to support them for at least the rest of this season, because uh, it's just getting too hard. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the last thing I'll say... On the Tigers, as I said, you know, we are a development club. And that's what I love about the Tigers uh, is that we produce players. We produce young, exciting talent. You know, it's Heartland area, Balmain uh, and the western suburbs of Sydney and Campbelltown, a strong rugby league um, areas where we'll always have players. So it's great to see, you know, uh, Tommy Talau coming through. Adam Dewey's come home, uh, which is great. Uh, Sam McIntyre looks like a great player. Uh, Alex Seafarth. Sean Bloor, no, he come from Penrith, but he's a young bloke. Uh, and we continue to bring these guys through in, uh, which is good. Asu Kapoa uh, couldn't get a start at the Roosters, but we'll, we'll embrace the youth and the young, and young guys and bring him in. So that's great, and we've got to keep doing that. But if we want to sign a couple of guys, all right, and we're talking realistic, like not just fanciful, like, oh, yeah, let's go and sign Cameron Smith or whatever. Like, let's have a look and see what's going on. If we want to and we can we can manage it, sign these three guys. Alex Johnson, Aiden Caesar, James Tamu. All right. As I said, Caesar, it was good enough for the Raiders to get to a grand final. Uh, he's certainly good enough for us. He doesn't want to be in England. Get Bring him back. Uh... Bring him back to the NRL and he can kick goals for us. Alex Johnson, just some speed at the back because then, you know, we can move Dewey into the centres maybe. Uh, or better yet, we can move Brooks into, into hooker, as I've suggested before, and move uh, Dewey into six uh, with Caesar. We've got Johnson, who's a real stable, uh, experienced professional fullback with wheels uh, as fast. He's only 25. Uh, he'd be really great for our back three. Uh, and then James Samu, just, just an experienced... Uh, prop forward leader uh, that these young blokes 
uh, could really get behind. And, you know, just in the, in the vein of, you know, uh, or be similar to, you know, Matty Johns' story about, you know, Steve Walters teaching, you know, bloody Danny Badiris, you know, that time, you know, we can, we can, in five years' time, you know, when the Tigers have won a couple of competitions and there's, you know, uh, you know, a real dynasty starting to build. We can say, oh, I remember when, you know, James Tamu came in and, you know, uh, you know, taught guys like McKaylee and, you know, Josh Alloway and, you know, all those blokes and just made them better. Didn't, you know, didn't play that many games, but it's what he taught them off the field and all that sort of stuff. So that's what I'd be doing. Uh, but, you know, onwards and upwards against the Knights. And look, aren't the Knights a great team? You know, up there in Newcastle, uh, real hard to beat up there in Newcastle, you know, full of our origin plays, you know, throughout their side. And it's just a young West Tigers side, uh, you know, punching above their weight. And they'll go up there and do their best. And, um, you know, if we can compete with them, well, that'd be great. And if we can we get get the two points, well, that'll just be absolutely wonderful for a, for a real young, overachieving side. Uh, so that's Tiger Corner. Now, something real special, all right? And uh, this is also by popular demand, okay? Um, If I can get my bloody phone to work, what's going on? The notes aren't coming up. I spent all day at work working on this. (laughs) Um, Top 10 names, here we go. Top 10 first names. Now, a loyal listener, Sam McNeil, he asked me about this. He asked me about this about five weeks ago, Uh, you know, to, to... come up with the favourite name. And now, I, you've had to wait a little bit, mate, but I hope the wait is well worth it. Okay. Uh, so, I've got my 10 favourite first names of rugby league players. All right. Now, this was so hard to do. So much so that I reckon I'm going to have to extend it to a top 20 for next week. You know, and it might even, I've done it as a top 10, but really, like, any of these names could have been number one in a lot of ways. Now, there's going to be some disagreements. I'm going to, it was hard. I've left some names out, okay? Hence why I said I'm going to have to do uh, probably, you know, an 11 to 20 next week. And it might keep going. We might get to 30 or 40 names, because there are some great names. Now, if you're disappointed that either your name yourself, you know, uh, isn't in there or, or a name that you really wanted to be in, isn't in there, try not to take it personally. You know, you're probably upset about it, but, you know, uh, just stay in touch with me on it. You know, go, mate, oh, I think, you know, this name should have been involved and we can think about it and we can try and get him in the, in the next 10. All right. Uh, but basically my criteria sort of just went like, I, I basically tried to do it off the top of my head. All right, because I thought, you know, that's sometimes the best way to, you know, they're in the top of your head, they're in the front of your mind, aren't they? The front of your mind, the front of your heart. Um, I try to make it really uh, sort of natural in that sense. Uh, and also, like, I thought about it, like, these players, these names you really only, you hear the most in rugby league, you know, you don't hear them much in other sports, you don't really hear them as much, you know, in, in sort of day-to-day life, like you, but you go, hang on, I always hear that name in league, but you know, never in cricket or, or something like that, so that was part of it, uh, and then also there was just a few in there that, you know, I just liked, so without any further ado, here they are, alright, and I'm going to go from, um, yeah, I guess 10 down to 1. But again, I like I said, it, it could have been in any order. All right. Number 10. Glenn. Glenn. I, I think there's been a lot of good Glens. Uh, the other thing was, like, when I searched for names, like, I was well, I wasn't allowed to search for names. I just had to come up with them off the top of my head. Again, I think that shows, you know, um, 
yeah, shows that I really like them. So, you know, Glenn could be with one end, could be with two ends, doesn't matter. But I'm thinking Glenn Lazarus, Glenn Grief, Glenn Stewart, Glenn Lydiard, Glenn Eyre, Glenn Nissen. Like, just a, a lot of real solid um, Glenn types. You know, a lot of people think Glenn Lazarus is, like, the best forward since Arthur Beetson to play. That was 10. Number nine, I went with Corey. You, you think about it, there's usually a Corey in a lot of teams. I'm talking Corey Pearson, Corey Thompson, Corey Hughes, Corey Oates, Corey Parker, Corey Allen for South, Corey Norman, and our new favourite, Corey Horsburgh for the Raiders. I mean, a Cosa, you know. Um, now, I don't know if there's a Corey that's ever played for the Australian cricket team, for example. That, that's a league name. I really like Corey. So that was nine. Eight is Clint. Uh, it's probably like quality over quantity with this one too, but I'm thinking Clint Gutherson, I'm thinking Clint Newton, Clint Greenshields, Clint Robinson. Just a, like a solid... Just think of like guys, Clint is be strong, you know? If not like strong physically, at least strong-willed and strong-hearted. Uh, I'm sure there's a few more out there as well. Uh, next one on the list... Uh, is Steve. Okay, now just hang with me for this one. But when I think Steve, I just think Bulldogs, like Steve Reardon, Steve Folks, Steve Price, Steve Mortimer, Steve O'Brien. Like that's just off the top of my head. You know, Steve, just a real hardworking sort of, you know, player for the Bulldogs, really. Whether he be sort of a back row or front row forward or, you know, a hardworking winger like Steve O'Brien, who was a class player too, really. Uh, I don't know, just something about the Bulldogs there and Steve. But, we, you know, Steve George Arliss, you know, Steve Trindle, Steve Ranoff. I know you might see Steve around other places, but I'm talking Steve. Not Stephen, but Steve. Yeah, so um, that's what we're looking there. Um, what was that? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 is Willie. Uh, one of my all-time favorite players, Willie Mason. Uh, Willie Kahn, Willie Peters, Willie Lation, Willie Manu, uh, Will Robinson, you know, I know it's on a Willie, but it's, we'll go for Will. Uh, you, you just don't see the term Willie as much, or the name Willie, even, I think, in, in, you know, outside your league stuff. Uh, so, like that. Um, number five is Graham. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not um, worried about the spelling here. It could be Graham or Graeme. It doesn't bother me. Uh, but this is like pretty like like old school too. Like growing up, you know, like uh, Graham Mackay, Graham Lyons, Graham Hughes, Graham Eady, Graham Lowe. Like just, just there, there seem to be a lot of Grahams around. You know, your seventies, your eighties, maybe your nineties. I uh, just just felt like it felt like it needed to be in there, particularly from a coaching perspective. I think uh, Alan uh, four is four. I'm all out with the numbers because I I, I did them the wrong way. I'm, I'm anyway. I won't bore you with that, but I can count from one to ten, believe it or not. But I've just I did it in a different format, so I think this is the fourth. Uh, is Alan? Uh, yeah, just like it. Alan Can, Alan Tung, Alan McIndoe, Alan Langer, Alf Langer. The more I, the older I get, the more I love Alan Langer. And I, the more I just think like how much I've always liked him as well. It's just something that's that's in there. But yeah, to say Alan McIndoe, Gavin Allen even, you know, uh, just think it's a pretty strong name. 
Uh, and yeah, you know, Alan Tung, like, what a, what a great Raiders player he was. Um, gee whiz, I've just forgot I've left something out. Yeah, I left Darren out. That's, um, yeah. See, and that, as I said, you know, guys, I, I know I'm going to leave blokes out. I'm leaving names out. It's really hard. We're going to really going to need to do an 11 to 20 next week. Uh, of course, number three is Kevin. And number this could have easily been number one. Just like the name uh, Kevin or Kevy in your side. Just something about Kevy. Just he's going to be reliable. Probably maybe a little bit cheeky too, but he'll be reliable and he'll be a good player for you. Whether he's Kevy Walters, Kevy Campion. It's probably Kev Campion, isn't it, actually. I guess that's the difference between a Kevy and a Kev. A Kevy's probably a bit out there, a bit Larry. Um, no, not even Larry, but just, you know, he's you know he's a bit more of a, of a Kevy Walters or a Kevy McGuinness. Uh, but then you've got more of a Kev Campion or a Kev Hardwick. Uh, not to mention Kevin Iro, Kevin Aguama, Kevin Hastings, Kevin Locke. Um, it's all in there. That's a great league name. That's a great league name. If I ever, ever had a son, I might, I might run that by the missus and go with Kevy. It's pretty good. Uh, number two is Dale. It's just a great name, I reckon. Uh, and probably here again, I reckon we're looking at uh, uh, quality, not quantity, but Dale Copley, Dale Fritz, Dale Shearer, Dale Finucane. That's a pretty good group as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, yeah, I just I just like that. I think it's good. Now, I've gone for number one here. Uh, yeah. Real hard, and like I said, a lot of these could have been number one, you know. Uh, but I've gone with Robbie. Just class, just class across the board. Robbie, Robbie Farrer, Robbie O'Davis, Robbie McCormack, Robbie Ross, Robbie Kearns, Robbie Beckett. Like, where else do you hear Robbies? You know, you don't. You know, you're not coming across that many Robbies in your life. You might get Robert if you, you know, Robert Ralph or something like that, or Rob, but Robbie. You know, it's a bit similar to Willie. I don't know what the IE is. Um, Corey, you know, it's just that 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 e sound at the end of the name, it just seems synonymous with league. But you know, you, you can't go, you can't argue with me on any of those players. I mean, outstanding names. Like that's just that's class. You could build a team around that. Farah O'Date, well, probably get Farah at seven, McCormack at nine. Oh shit, I got well, you got two hookers, you got two. Maybe you can't build a team around it. Might get Robbie Ross playing in the front line at six. O'Davis at the back, fullback. Kearns up front. Robbie Beckett on the wing. I mean, you're starting to look like not a bad side. Throw a few other guys around there and you can start to manufacture something. Um, look, that's my top ten names. I've missed, I've missed heaps. I know it. I know it was really hard for me. Where's Darren, for example? You know? Just, just straight up. Where's Darren? Um, you know, Mick, I know Pezza threw in Mick. I'm not just doing it to wind you up, Pezza, like, but, but Mick probably comes into the, into the conversation, uh, as is Cameron, like, you know, that's, so that's probably a a hint towards next week. Uh, we'll go through 11 to 20 and maybe we should make this collaborative. I reckon we might have to, uh, get in touch. Your favorite name, first name, uh, for a footy player, uh, for a leaguey. Hope you enjoyed that one. And thanks heaps, Marcus, and thanks for your patience. Just give me one second, I've got to turn my light on because I've got some fading light here. Uh, What's going on? Yeah, okay, thanks, because I can't read my uh, notebook uh, in the dark. Uh, 47 minutes, all right, we're gonna keep pushing through here. 
Uh, nicknames for positions. So Pezza, I think it was Pezza that came came up with this idea, and not a bad one. Asked for uh, something along the lines of, you know, how I like to call the nicknames for positions and things like that. So starting to get pressed for time. I mean, honestly, I could talk about this for a good 20 minutes, but I'm going to try and get through it in five because uh, I've got some of your for mines, a couple of issues to get through. Uh, so here we are. Fullback, yeah, so fullback... Oh, basically, all I'm going to do here is just... Oh, I'm going to go through the different positions and just say the, the names of the nicknames I like to use uh, for nickname for, for, for the positions. Yeah, fullback is pretty good. Like, that's fullback. Uh, the custodian, I don't mind. Ray Warren used to say custodian a fair bit. I think it's because, like, you're the last person. Like, you're the last line. Therefore, you're the custodian. Uh, I'm not too sure. I need I, that, That's something Pezza would know. He'd be able to help me out there uh, on that. Uh, with your with your, your blokes on the wing, I'm all about calling him a winger. You know, I think you know as a guy that played a bit on the wing, uh, without much pace, I got to tell you, um, from time to time, I think it's better to be called a winger. I mean, I think there's a, a little less sort of stigma in going on the winger rather than going, oh, he's, we'll just put him, stick him on the wing, stick him on the wing. Those days are gone anyway because your you wingers these days, you're pretty much your most important play because they take the first two carries of your set and then they got to finish it off and score the try. They've got to be big. They've got to be tall. They've got to be fast. Uh, they're, they're really one of the, the most important blokes on the field. Uh, your centers, uh, you, you, if you're talking centers, you're probably talking center three quarters, I, I reckon, if you're fair dinkum about things. Um, simple as that. Hardest position on the field to play. Center three quarter. It's funny, just that little three quarter just gives it a bit more credit, I guess. Now your five eight, your five eight, I think is where you start to uh, refer to your position as a number. Like, oh, he's, a, he's more of a six and a seven. You know, I don't. You're not, you're not really doing that with any. I don't. You don't really go. Oh, he's a one as a fullback, but with this, with a five eight, you go. No, he's a six. I reckon he's a six. You know, uh, maybe because that sixes and seven thing works well together, but I kind of like, you know, referring to him as a six, maybe. Standoff, it's just too English for me. Uh, and yeah, like, I mean, fly half is just purely union. That doesn't even come into the, into, into the vernacular uh, of league. I, I like the... Uh, what's the word? I don't mind, like, English people using the term standoff. Like, it's a bit of a novelty. I like the novelty factor when the Poms come over and they'll say he's a standoff. Or you watch the World Club Challenge and they've got standoff there. Uh, but I think, yeah, 5'8 or a 6, yeah. I, I like just going, no, he's a 6. Uh, similar to halfback, probably. Like, he's a 7 or... A, you say he's a half. Like, oh, you know, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's on a bad half. But then you're sort of thinking about halves. That could be a 6 or a 7. Uh, not, not, into, not interested in scrum half. Like, that's just a union thing as well. I don't think you're really talking about that in league. Uh, first receiver. Get him in at first receiver. I, I still... I don't mind seven there for halfback. Like, six... In the halves, I don't mind using the... Uh, the numbers on their backs... Uh, which I guess sort of leads to that sort of spine conversation, doesn't it? Which is your one, six, seven, and nine. You know, Tim Sheen's invented the term spine uh, when he was coaching the West Tigers. Um, and it, when he originally started the, the the term spine, he actually included the lock in it as well. So it was one, six, seven, nine, and thirteen. 
Uh, I just love the way you said thirteen as well. You just really emphasise the ean, like one, six, seven, nine, and thirteen uh, was your spine uh, back then. And basically, you said you know it was because it was those were the guys that, that touched the ball the most. I remember actually talking to someone about this in two thousand and five when he started talking about it at the back end of the season. I think we were at a Bulldogs game talking about, you know, to whoever's sitting next to me about, you know, the spine, just going, you know... Because, yeah, Sheens is like, if you can keep them on the park, you know, you can build the footy team around them, it's fine. And I, I was just sort of explaining it to, to whoever was sitting next to me, you know, Hodgson, Hodgson, Marshall, Prince, Farron, Galea, we keep them on, you know, get that that's your spine, and that's what you... This guy's behind me, he's like, oh, yeah, mate, I'd probably throw Pat Richards in there as well and throw, uh, you know, uh, maybe Paul Fadawiras. And I was like, yeah... No, probably, mate. He kept, like, chiming in with these other players. I was like, yeah, no, no, you're right. I, you know, in my head, I was like, I don't think that's really the, the spirit of, like, calling it a spine. Uh, but, yeah, he just kept listing all these other good players. But it was good. that I like going to the footy and, you know, it's nice when strangers become friends and you can just start having those conversations. But I think he sort of missed the point of the spine there. Uh and then it sort of went... I remember when Matt Johns once said, like, after like after it sort of become a bit, like... Become a real buzzword. He's like, if I, if I hear the term spine one more time, I'm going to throw up. And then he... I still remember him saying this, like, back in the, that sort of era, he's like, your spine is your style. You know, like, Sheens was kind of saying your spine is the players. And if those, you know, you rely on those players and they'll, you know, they'll... They'll basically develop your team, but Matty Johns was saying that your style is your spine. So if you have a, a way of playing, whatever that be, you know, if you're really reliant on your forwards and really big, strong guys to get that um, quick play of the ball and aggression in defence or whatever, or if you, you know, if you're all about you know creativity in hands and things like that, uh, then that's your spine. Um, I think that's just a good conversation. Like, what's the backbone of your, of your side? Is it your players or is it the style, style you play? But turns out everyone says spine these days. Uh, and yeah, I've got to say, I don't really like it. Not to the point where I want to throw up. Uh, but, you know, I just don't really like buzzwords in general. Um, so, six and a seven. Uh, your prop's got... I'm, I actually... It's, it, your prop, it's not a middle. I'm not... That's... that's That won't last. That's not going to stand the test of time, that term, because of what's happening with the number 13 and the lock. Like, they're trying to say that the 8, 10, and 13 are all the same player. Uh, They were for a little period of time, for five years or whatever, off the back of Sam Burgess being that big, um, basically, third prop as a a lock, and South's got the success off it. Um, But that's changed under these new rules. Uh, your, Your lock's becoming a smaller... Um, players, so you're gonna have to. You, the, the term middle will probably be gone pretty soon, I think, and you're gonna have to go back to your front rower. I just like the term front rower. Prop forward, just I don't know. Prop forward just sounds a little bit too much, like they're just being there for the scrum and they're just you know. But your front rower, like I think front row. If you're in the front row, you know, you, you it's emphasising the contact that those guys actually go through and how like tough they are and, and how important they are. I reckon if you're in the front row. Uh, you've got to be talking about it in those terms. Uh, your hooker, is it your nine? Not as much as the six and seven. Oh, I just, I, just, I, I don't mind hooker. You know, he's a hooker. Uh, even though I know he doesn't hook for the scrum anymore, but it's just, I just like that uh, term, I guess. Don't, I probably prefer acting half over dummy half. Uh, just think it's good in the acting half role. Uh, Rake's probably pretty redundant. 
But I still think we got to hold on to some of those terms around the scrum because the scrum is still a big part of the code. Uh, even though you don't push in the scrums, like just the way you can set a backline up and just aesthetically, it's important to hold on to some of that stuff. You know, when you, I just think if you, if you took out the scrums, then you're just starting to look at touch football. It just doesn't look as good. You know, it's just something about, you know, walking to the scrum, you know, slow it down, walk to the scrum. Anyway. Uh, I, I, I'm happy to stay with hooker or acting half on that one. Then I'm getting so, so I'm, now I'm getting to your sort of second rows and, and your lock. Uh, talking about it just in terms of a back row, I just like back rows. Uh, I guess that's sort of when like lock and second row is a bit interchangeable. Uh, not when they are, not that they always are, but yeah, I'm sort of the edge edge players. That, that probably will stay because that does actually make sense because they're on an edge. Well, you know, <laughs> because they're, yeah, they're close to the centers. Uh, I don't mind that, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, second row is becoming a bit more leery now that they're edge players. You know, like they're sort of, nah, we're just out there on the edge, you know, where, you know, we're, we're there to run. We're there to, we're runners now. You know, it's, it's sort of taken away from those those second rollers that, you know, would make 60, 65 tackles back in the day, your Gary Larson types and that, that sort of stuff. Uh, so I think we can start to, you know, but maybe that's good for the game, you know, that it's just sort of another attacking player is now your edge back rower and he's offloading and he's got maybe a late pass or something like that. Um, but I'm calling him a back rower, not a second rower. I don't know why, because I just said how much I like the scrum. Just I'm just I'm just telling you how I feel. Uh, I much more liked the number eleven to the number twelve as well jersey for a, for a back rower. Um, don't know something about the two ones just looked really good together. Twelve was just a bit. Don't know it wasn't for me. Uh, if you're thirteen, such a great position up there with my favourite position. I think it is my favourite position. Uh, along with hooker, uh, is your lock forward. Uh, not your loose forward. I don't like loose forward. That's a bit. That's a bit too union uh, for me. But your your lock. I think it's got to be a lock forward too. Not just a lock. Not just a Kevin. Uh, because it's the guy that can mix it with the forwards, and he is mixing it with the forwards, making a lot of tackles, but can ball play. Like I, I just, I love your Jim Dimmick type. You know, uh, uh, lock your Ben Gillier type. Uh, lock that you know uh, tough enough to be in, in in the forwards in the forward battle, um, but you know that playmaker as well, which I just don't think it's why it's why that term middle won't work, because uh, it's just taking away like such a, a really wonderful position. You look up the, I looked up, I actually looked something on Wikipedia and they had guys like Jim Dimmick, Ellery Hanley, uh, you know creative players like that that, that played um, in the lock. We want more of that, like you know we don't want another prop. Uh, another front rower on the field. All due respect to them, but because we, we've got a couple of them on the bench, we don't need another one. Uh, so that's that's where I'm at with that that sort of stuff. One thing we need to work on is the interchange and names for the interchange. There's got to be one for the number 14, which is like your impact player. You know, your Craig Wing type player in Origin, uh, your Carmichael Hunt type Origin player uh, coming in off the bench that can play a lot of different positions. Usually creative impact. We've got to come up with like. I don't even call it a power forward, but maybe something like that, like with your impact player, and that that's 14. Your Moses Embi, you know, I guess he's probably a poor man's Craig Wing, but like 
someone that can cover all that but can come in with some impact. Uh, so you can sort of almost coach like kids to be that player. Because, uh, you know, what we're seeing with Embi, for example, he's a victim of his own versatility and where he doesn't have a place to play. Uh, but if you go, mate, now you're a 14 and you can build yourself around that, uh, I think that could be the future. Power, no, power, impact player, something. Anyone got something? Someone's an innovator or a creative mind to come up with something. That'd be good. Uh, but that's that's that little segment. I hope you enjoyed that. Get in touch with me uh, on what your thoughts. What you, you prefer to call the middles? That's fine. All good. I, I, I like some. You know, disagreement's good. You know, a high performing team. You know, the backbone of high performing teams is disagreement. You know, Anthony Seabold says you, you, disagree, you can disagree, but then you got to commit. So you can disagree, but then commit. You know, so for example, Seabold would say you can disagree that you know I'm going to get rid of all these experienced players um, at the Broncos, but commit. Uh, you know, to us doing well and still being able to make the eight. Um, you know, with no players left, stuff like that. So we can disagree, but then commit. We disagree on the middles, but we commit to the hill. You know, that's what we're about here. So get in touch. Speaking of getting in touch, I've got a few for mine. It's usually this period of the show where I, I sort of get a bit tired, uh, but I'm going to try and push through here, okay? So I'm just going to address, address your questions here. Um, I hope I don't miss any. I really don't. Um, but I'm just going to pull up. I'm just going to take it from top to bottom here. Grant Lynch has got in touch and said, Rooster Corner. We need a Rooster Corner. We have a lot of injuries. Needs to be addressed. Well, it's a bit rich of the Roosters to ask for more. I mean, what more do the Roosters want? Like, they, they don't have a salary cap. They get every single player they chase. They're going to get Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, Volandis opens the door for, for whatever they want because Nick Politis runs the game and now the Roosters want a Roosters corner on, on, on the hill I mean you know you talk about all the entitled um, people Roosters but you know what there's still a place for the Roosters I talked about this last week it's not all bad I'm only, I'm only, I'm only having a joke there um yeah, you got a lot of injuries. Well, welcome to, welcome to the club, you know. Well, try having a lot of injuries and then having no depth, you know. Try try having the luxury to be able to drop um, Kyle Flanagan, who can kick goals with his eyes closed from anywhere, um, and bring in someone else and still be confident to win, you know. Be depleted by injuries, but still have Tedesco, Kiri, and Friend as your spine. Still have Joey Marner, who's the best center in the competition, uh, in your side. Um, I think you guys are going to be all right. But you are, they are adding up. Uh, there seems to be a lot of injuries uh, across the board. Grant, thanks for getting in touch. I really appreciate it. Uh, yep, Sam McNeil was talking about the name game. Yep, we've done that. Pez has asked for Ian Thorpe or Noel Goldthorpe. Pfft, that's actually harder than you think, but it's probably got to be Ian. Charge your phone, says Adrian Leung. Thank you, that's done. Um, Adrian Ling also says, I liked NRL.com's most underrated player article. Can you give us your own picks? Look, I only looked at it after you sh- you asked me about this. I mean, what's Wayne Bennett's old comment about the underrated? Oh, that was the overrated when Justin Hodges used to always get the overrated player and the media would go, oh, well, do you think he's overrated? And he'd just stand there and be like, well, you know, you were the folks that rated him in the first place, so now he's overrated. Um, oh, gee, I haven't even got to Bennett's COVID breach, have I? Um, I, I might miss you. Might have to go somewhere else for that that take on on the on the COVID breach. Uh, 
Well, Jared Croker is 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 come out on two, four, six, eight, ten players being the most. Oh, players deserve more recognition. Croker's thirty five percent. Mitch Orbison's twenty five percent. Nathan Blacklock only got eight percent. Well, he should get more. That's that's a given. Dallas Johnson only got six. He should get a hell of a lot more. Gary Larson got five percent. He should get. He, Ian Russell on one. <laughs> Well, I think Ian Russell probably got enough. Well, we still talk about Ian Russell. Ian Russell's got a great place on this. Ian, there's a name. We've got to get in that bloody name list as well. Far out. I'm writing that down. Ian. Um, yeah, look. I mean, I guess it's probably about right. Jared Croker usually wins that thing. If I'm going for anyone in that list of plays that deserves more recognition, if they're saying they're underrated, it's Gary Larson with 5%. A friend of mine who has only sort of got into league recently asked me a question. Said, "Give, give me the best tackler uh, of like that you've seen in your lifetime." And I went Gary Larson straight away. And funnily enough, Dallas Johnson was number two. It just show, and then there's Fenson, but like Larson and Johnson, it just goes to show what on face value what people value in our code, which is um, as far as fans go, which is usually your attack. Um, but they're two extremely good players. Uh, Adrian, thanks for getting in touch. Really appreciate it. Sam Perry, Plate of Origin. Yeah, interesting show, I guess. Uh, Andrew Barry says, Sparks, what's Manly's roadmap to the finals from here? Are the Knights done or Blake Green help them out? Confusing for the first name chat. We just had the first name chat. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Manly's roadmap, it actually looks pretty good. Like they're, as far as their run home, they play the Warriors twice. Tough team to beat, as we saw last week. But realistically, you should win that. They got the Knights who are on the slide. Uh, Rabbitohs, that's very winnable. Like, I don't think they play that many top four times. So they got they got Melbourne, but they like that rivalry anyway. So they get up for that. Uh, I know you weren't asking for the literal run home, but it is actually really good. That The Canterbury, like Gold Coast, they play the Warriors twice. They play Canterbury and they play the Gold Coast. Uh, and to be fair, they play the Tigers. So if you go, that's five games they should win. That's 10 points. They finish on 22. Uh, that means, what, 11 out of 20 wins? That They're in the eight from there. But even without Trevojevic, they should still win those games. Um, so you're probably thinking, yeah. You're probably thinking they're good for the eight there. Um, I think, they'll be, I think they're, they're a good enough team. I still think they're a good side, even without Trevojevic. So... I think they get there. So that's some good news for Manly fans. Are the Knights... Well, the Knights are close to done, I think. Well, they don't have a hooker. That's their problem. I think about four of their, you know, starting hookers um, are out. So, in my opinion, it really starts and ends with your hooker. Uh, he touches the ball first. You look at... Look how much... Look how much Penrith have improved. Now they got Cor- Coruscant there. You know, like it's chalk and cheese. Their side was pretty much the same last year. Um, but now they got Coruscant, so that's the Knights' issue. Um, uh, Blake Green's who they got playing? Oh, they put Kurt Man there. I guess that could be interesting. That's probably how Green actually does help them because Green goes into six. You know, he's a very, very good player, and that takes Man to nine. Who I, I think he was going well at six, but I guess that that actually could really help them. That spine's now looking pretty good. Interesting. Hope it just um, gets going the week after next, not this week. Uh, but yeah, that, that could be a really good sign. Todd Payton was blowing up about that. Uh, Blake Green. But I guess you'd be disappointed. 
uh, if someone of his caliber left your side. Does Darren James ask, this is a good question, I like this one, does a name like Wendell Saylor make you a better player? Is Tristan Saylor scarier or less scary than Wendell? That bit I'm not too sure. Are these the only cases for an occupation for a last name? I like the occupation for a last name uh, idea. Well, Sailor, I mean, is Sailor's not, is Sailor like, it's not like he's, you know, Wendell Army or Wendell Rifleman or something like that. Sailor isn't always scary, but I mean, you respect sail, Sailors, you know, on the sea, on the high seas. Uh, so you're definitely respecting guys like that. Nat Butcher. Uh, Angus Bowen has um, got in touch and said, yeah, um, Nat Butcher, a good second rower. I'll throw in like a left field. Like just, it's probably clutching a little bit. What about Benji Marshall? Like a Marshall? It's like, don't they call like salesmen Marshalls in America or something like that? Or if you're a Marshall, you're, you're marshalling something, like you're an organizer. Uh, that's kind of an occupation. Clutching a little bit, but just thought I'd try and get involved there. Uh, let's open that up. Any other names as uh, surnames of occupations? Uh, is there a better one than Wendell? Find a better one than Wendell Sailor. If you can do that, uh, then full credit to you. Oh, Chris Riggett says, Kevin Hardwick corner. A chance to discuss all things Hardwick. Who have been the Hardwicks through the decades? How, who's the modern day Kevin? Man, I love this. And look, there was so much to get through on the show. I probably haven't respected this the way it, it should it should have. But I mean, yeah, Hardwick is just, oh, man. You know, played in the 80s, early 90s for the Tigers. If you don't know him, just look him up. Uh, go Kevin Hardwick, Balmain, and you'll see like one of the greatest curly mullets and moustache combinations you'll ever see. Like, put onto a headband, uh, you know, Balmain uh, Phillips Tigers jersey. Sensational player. One club man, uh, only played for the Tigers. Played in the famous 1982 reserve grade grand final uh, for the Tigers. Uh, played in the 88 and 89 grand final. Famously came on after uh, either Steve Roach or Sirenen, uh in the 89 grand final. From That's how much Warren Ryan rated him. Uh, yeah, scored a few tries. He kicked a goal. He kicked a... I, I, I looked this up. I thought, oh, maybe they gave him the goal-kicking duties. Um, you know, oh, sorry. Maybe they gave him a shot at goal just for his last game, for his farewell game. No, he kicked one from three. One game in, like, um, 1987 or something. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, who? Yeah, who's your modern-day Hardwick? I just sort of started, had to think about it. Like, I thought Dallas Johnson might have been a bit of your modern-day Hardwick, you know, just body on the line, just hard-working, uh, do everything for the team. Uh, like a Victor Radley, maybe. Um, but, yeah, uh, we should we should um, keep that conversation going uh, and maybe have a Hardwick corner moving forward. I, I really like it. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I, I was at a game one day. I still remember this in like 1990 or something. Apparently he lost a litre of blood from a broken nose or something. Can you imagine that? On a rugby league field. Uh, and that was just like the talk going around on the radio or something like that. That's um, very full on. Um, but a sensational, um, sensational player. One club, man. Uh, and that's it for your questions. I mean... Really good. I, I hope you enjoyed the answers. I hope you got something out of that. I hope that's what you're after when you get in touch with me. 
Um, we're looking at, I'm looking at an hour and 10 minutes here, so I'm going to let you all go. All right. Uh, thanks for sticking with this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, bit of different stuff this week. Get in touch if you enjoyed it. If you want some more issues and stuff, I'll try and get to that next week. Um, let's continue the first name conversation. Uh, I think it's really good. I would give you my tips, but I'm coming last. So there'll be absolutely no use at all to you, but If you're watching the footy, which I'm sure you are, I hope your team wins. Enjoy the footy. Up the Tigers. We'll see you next week on the Hill.